Welcome to Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast with your hosts, Laura Katina and Amy Mara. This podcast was created for businesswomen in particular who are juggling pursuing their career, family life, and all of the things that come along with it. We know that building a career, running a business, and running your life can sometimes seem near impossible. In the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast, Laura and Amy are going to share their experience of building their own careers as female attorneys, raising a family, and their journey to maintain wellness through it all. With more than 25 years of combined experience practicing law and years of juggling business, family, and wellness, they are about to have some very real and honest discussions about what it takes to manage it all and share tips, tools, and truth about how they make it all work. Welcome back to another episode of the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. Uh, This week, we'll be highlighting our best personal episodes uh, over the last seven months. On our last episode, uh, we shared the top clips from our top five business episodes. So we're excited now to share the top five personal episodes that you love the most. In episode one, Amy and I, which we dreamed about this episode for a very long time, the title of the episode was The Turning Point. Amy and I shared the importance of making intentional choices to become the happiest and healthiest version of yourself in all areas of your life. We also give you the backstory as to how the podcast came to be more than seven years ago. I had just been admitted to the bar and part of being admitted to the bar and you know, becoming an attorney, a, a full-blown attorney, was to start getting involved in the Bar Association for our community. And so I went to one of my very first committee meetings for the Bar Association. And it was a committee that was focused in my practice and what Laura and I practice, which is litigation and it's commercial and corporate litigation. And I remember sitting in the conference room, Laura and I were the only women that were in that conference room at that time. And we're with all of our colleagues and most of them are obviously my senior because I was a brand new attorney. And we started talking about how we could have more engagement in our committee. How do you get more people to be attracted to talk to talk about these kinds of topics and to you know be in community with one another? And I had floated the idea of having committee meetings at lunchtime or having events at lunchtime. Like, why don't we all just get up from our desk, take a break in the middle of the day, and we'll all meet. And this is obviously, full disclosure, we are recording this podcast in uh, COVID and post-COVID world. So it's a different world now where everything is virtual. But at the time, everything was in person. So you would literally leave your office in order to go to a legal education class or to go to a committee meeting and so much has changed. But at the time, it would mean that we would be required to get out of our offices and actually physically meet somewhere. God forbid. God forbid. (laughs) I found out shortly thereafter because I made the suggestion and everyone literally stared at me like I had three heads and they started laughing at me. And I, I'm sitting there, I go, okay, well, this is not a great start. <laughs> I'm not going well. And one of the attorneys on the committee turned around and was like, you're going to learn. But when you leave for an hour in litigation, that really translates to three billable hours. And I sat there like, okay, I'm not a mathematician, but I know that doesn't sound right. Like, how could it be that you leave your office or leave your work for one hour to try and do something 
to bring community together, to do something with your fellow colleagues, and you're going to lose three hours of time. Like it just didn't make sense to me. And it and developed into like this conversation with Amy and I. Yes. Amy and I just like staring at each other. And they were like, we don't have, to, we can't take lunch. I don't have time. It was I'm like, she suggested the worst thing ever. And everybody was like, oh my God, you know, the whole, I'm too busy. You know, busy is, is a virtue, right? Busy is like, you know, means it's so important to be so busy and I'm too busy to take lunch. We can't take a break. And we were like, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> So, and let's just put this in the frame of reference, right? So I'm a baby attorney. This is like seven years ago. So Laura, you're like 13 years into it. Yeah. Okay. So what is this? This is right around 2012, 2013. 2013 yeah. Right. So 2013 and you've been practicing law and there must, I mean, for me, it was like a light bulb of like, wait, I don't want to live that life. Like, I don't want to not be able to move from my desk or not be able to engage with colleagues and have that sense of community. Like, I love that aspect of the bar association and being in my profession. Why is it that we just like can't get over that hurdle? What is the problem here? Right. And for you being 13 years into practice, like what was that trigger for you at the time? I was so appalled by that conversation. And we literally the next day sat in my office and we were going to name we, we might have talked about it at that point, litigators that lunch, because mm -hmm. it's okay to take a break. And at that point in time, my kids were, were very young. Um, I think they were four, two, and one, something like that. They were so young at that time. Kaylee may have been only a couple months old. And I was just going through a period where it was bad enough that I was trying to, you know, hang on to my career and work full time um, and raise three babies. But to also have that mindset put in front of you that you can't take a break and you can't take lunch and you're supposed to be working, you know, yourself to death. And if you're not in the office all the time showing your face, then you're not working hard enough. Like that was a really hard time for me you know, just having all those things going on and then sitting in a meeting, basically saying like, you, you should be too busy to take lunch. And it was almost like, like a turning point. And since then I stayed where I was for many years after that. Um, and I only left in 2019, but it started me really on the path to figuring out how to make myself a priority because if you can't manage your own health, your own family, your own stuff, how can you manage a business? Oh gosh, I really just love hearing that clip from episode one. Now let's chat about episode two, embracing your many hats. This episode, Laura and I emphasize how crucial it is to serve all areas of your life. Laura and I give our secrets to leaning into the many changes that happen throughout each season of life. Take a listen to this clip. Before you can be the CEO of your business, you have to be the CEO of your life, right? That's why that's the title of the podcast. And it's something that Amy said in the last episode really hit home for me and I don't want it to be missed. So I wanted to highlight here, highlight it here uh, in the beginning of this episode and have her expand upon it a little bit. Um, so she said, you have to be you know, aware of the fact that being an attorney is not the only hat that you wear. Like we wear so many different hats and it's so important to recognize that 
to acknowledge it and actually have a plan in place to deal with it so that you're not just focusing on the one hat that you wear, which is your career. So you want to expand upon that? I think that was such an amazing point. Yeah. So really what it means to me is you have to serve all the parts of you. And what that means is that you can't get consumed by the fact that you wear the specific title of attorney and start to mold yourself into just focusing on that aspect of your life because you are multifaceted. No matter who you are, you are a wife, a mom, a, a sister, a daughter, a, an attorney, a businesswoman, a business owner, wh whatever the hats are that you wear, you have to acknowledge and you have to be, make sure that you're serving each of those parts because all of those parts make up you. You can't just sit and continue to work your entire life just to achieve success in one area of your life because everything else is going to suffer. So I think that it's important to remind yourself and put yourself in that mindset that in order to be the best you, you have to be serving every single part of you. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. But can we talk a little bit about, and I wasn't planning on asking you this, but I'm going to ask you anyway, put you on the spot. <laughs> you are obviously you're, we're building this firm and you're working full time and then some, but you also have two little kids at home, uh, one of them that's only four months old. Yeah. <laughs> so, and when we started our firm, you were just a minor detail, uh, eight and a half months pregnant. <laughs> so, right. you know, you are literally in the thick of it. And for any, you know, women out there who have young children or, or you know, who are trying to figure out how to not just focus on their career and worrying about, you know, being a lawyer and how to manage all of it. How in the world are you doing that? Well, I would say I am not doing that great at it, but look, every single day we wake up and as your phrase is, is tomorrow is a new day, today yep. is a new day. You know, that's one of the things that I have had to, I've struggled with it in the past six months or so, but I've also finally begun to see the light about because before we started this firm, before I had my son. I had a routine. I had a rhythm. Like, you know, when you get into that routine or that rhythm and you know this, cause you are the queen of routine, yeah. you have this routine and you are just unstoppable. Like you, you know how your morning is going to look, you know how your afternoon is going to look, you know what your evenings are like, you know what your business is like, you know where you're getting your next client, where you're getting your next a customer, whatever it is. And you've just got this momentum that's just so unstoppable. So it, it's almost like you're on a train and you just keep on moving along. But for me, I had to make a stop when I had my son and I had to reevaluate what life was going to look like, what, what my days were going to look like, even more micro than that. Forget about life, more micro. Like, what does my day look like? Well, my morning routine is not going to be the same morning routine that it has been. And for me being so type A and I'm an Enneagram one, if anybody knows what that means, you, you just get thrown off completely and you have to shift. And that's the crucial point that I wanted to make is I had to stop resisting the fact that change had to happen. I can't continue to try and be successful using my old routine because my old routine can't work right now. So it's not that I can't ever get back to that place, but what did you say? Just not now. That's the bottom line. It's not like I can't get back into that unstoppable momentum and that unstoppable rhythm. It's just that right now, 
as a CEO, I have to have the awareness to say, it's not going to happen right now. I have to make a change because if I keep on just banging my head against the wall and trying to force what used to be, it's not going to work. So I had to adapt. So Amy and I get it. We all wear many hats, but you can still be an incredible employee, wife, mom, friend, and wear all the hats that you need to wear in your life. In episode six, The Power of a Morning Routine, another one of our favorite episodes, uh, Amy and I talked about how we were able to incorporate a morning routine into our busy lives as businesswomen and moms juggling all the things. We discussed the importance of making yourself a priority, and by intentionally taking care of yourself, you will see positive changes in all aspects of your life. Although morning and evening routines are great habits, at the end of the day, it's all about taking care of you. Take a listen to the next clip. I think the best way to start with this is maybe just to go back to the time when we both realized that a morning routine was essential and was really necessary and started to really set up our days to be the most successful. This is, you know, one of my favorite topics to talk about because it really is now the thing that keeps me on track. And it's the one solid thing that I have in my life for me every single day. And it really sets us up for success, starts every day on a positive note. Although, you know, there are some days that don't end on a positive note, but it gives you a positive start to the day. I was never really like a morning person before I had kids. I never worked out in the morning. Uh, there may, be a, may have been a short period of time where I used to go to the gym in the morning. I didn't have kids. I didn't care. I would get up, go to the gym, shower there, go to, straight to work, you know. But then once I had kids, it was impossible for me to work out and get to the gym after work. I was, you know, working full time. So it was just became impossible. So it started out as me just trying to find time to exercise. And the only time that I had was first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. So this started probably about, where are we, 2021, 2013, after Kaylee was born. So this has been in the making for like eight years now. But I used to just get up really early to get my workout in. I started working out from home because I couldn't get to the gym. And I started realizing how much it helped me get through the rest of my day by starting the day before the kids were up. I always used to have the baby monitor with the camera down in the basement to like, and I was praying that nobody woke up and that I could get my workout in. But I used to run downstairs at 4, 4.15 with the camera, tiptoeing, praying I wasn't waking anybody up get my workout in and then run back upstairs and get dressed and start the day of getting them up and out and off to, you know, uh, preschool and school and whatever. But over time, it developed into so much more than just working out. I realized the importance of reading personal development. And so I would pick a topic that was relevant to whatever, you know, I wanted to focus on at that point in time. So I said, you know what? I can't read at night because I literally can't keep my eyes open. I will fall asleep after like one page. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take a couple minutes in the morning and just start reading. And so now I do 15, 20 minutes of reading. I do my gratitude journal, which also helps me focus on starting the day on a positive note with what I'm thankful for. My morning routine is probably about an hour and 45 minutes. You know, it's evolved over time, but where I am now is I get up. You know, I go downstairs, I have my pre-workout, 
I get into the basement. I do my gratitude journal and my goals journal, which I think you mentioned this in a previous episode. We got started on that with uh, with Rachel Hollis and her Start Today journal. Right. So I have been following that practice for, God, probably three years now. So I do that journal. Then I do my personal development. And then I start my workout. And that probably takes me about 40 minutes from the time I get up to when I start my workout. My workout's usually between 45 minutes and 50 minutes or so. And then I actually added on after my workout, uh, tapping meditation. Have you heard of that, Amy? I have. Oh my God. It's my new obsession. I absolutely love it. And it's really been helping me with sometimes I have like morning anxiety, just thinking of, you know, the things that I have to do and my to-do list is like running in my head. So that has really been helping me. And then I run upstairs. I have my post-workout recovery shake and I jump in the shower. (laughs) And that is my morning, but it sets me up for a less stressful day. So that has really been been integral in reducing my stress levels and giving me a chance to learn uh, through personal development by reading. It, you'd be amazed at how much you can get through with just 15 minutes a morning. I've gotten through so many books. So this routine has evolved over time, but it really sets me up for, for a positive start to the day. I know you have a pretty solid routine too. I do. And like you, I actually started with a morning routine once I started to realize that I had absolutely no time for myself after I had my daughter. So when I first, um, and like you, I was not really a morning person. I was definitely a person that liked to get up in the morning and start my day earlier than most people would. Um, but that was probably like 6, 6.30. Nowadays, my quiet time, my like peak time for my day is waking up around 4.50, 5 o'clock in the morning and starting my day off with my morning routine, which is very similar to what you have as your morning routine. I do a gratitude journal. I do a memory journal that actually Olivia and Joey gave me for my birthday one year. I write down a memory from the day before. I do a gratitude journal to really start my day off in that mind frame of contentment and gratitude and thankfulness because so often I can really get bogged down in the anxieties of the day and the stressors of the day. But when you start your day forcing yourself to think of the positive and the good and the the things that you're grateful for in your life, it really does shift your mindset for the day. Of course, it's it's not going to happen overnight, but we've done this so consistently for so many years that it really can shape the way that you see your day evolving when you start from that positive frame of mind. And then also for me, I am an avid reader. So I make sure that I do my reading first thing in the morning. And again, it's another thing that really frames your mindset for the day. Um, Right now, I'm really into reading about Uh, business development and leadership. It is definitely a passion of mine. And so I read that. And I also read personal development or business development that is akin to what season of life I'm going through. But for, for me, this realization that I needed a morning routine did not come until after I had my daughter. Gosh, Laura, I couldn't even imagine what my life would look like without a morning routine. And I know you feel the exact same way. There's nothing I love more than being able to put myself first in the morning by working out, reading my personal development, and doing the things that fill my cup first so that I can conquer my day showing up as my best self for everybody else. In episode eight, Top Tips for Time Management, 
Laura and I talk about why you must be intentional when planning your schedule. We also discuss how we developed the strong time management skills over the years. Take a listen to this next clip. Managing our time has really been one of the main things that has helped us, aside from our morning routines, of course, to manage all of the things that we have to manage in a 24-hour period with work, you know, kids, family life, and everything that goes along with that. So we have found that managing our time just makes life a little bit easier. You know, one thing that is so important to recognize is that you have to be intentional, right, about managing your time because it's very easy. You know, everybody's so busy. It's very easy to just fly out of bed, let the day control you, jump from one fire to the next. And then at the end of the day, you turn around and you say, what did I even do today? Right. I, I've, I've had plenty of those days. Have you? <laughs> oh, oh my God. Well, yesterday was a day just like that. I was like, wait, what? What just happened? It's five <laughs> o'clock? Okay. <laughs> yes. It happens to everybody, but if you manage your time, it could happen to you less often. So my practice that I've developed over the years is, I, you know, I've always worked full time. Amy and I are now building this firm. And if I did not sit down and have intentional planning time for my weeks, it would be a complete disaster. So the one thing that really keeps me on track is I use a time blocking tracker from our favorite social media um, gurus, Chic Influencer. I use their time blocking tracker. And what I do is on Sunday, I sit down and I look at the week and I see, you know, what I have coming up, what I need to focus on. And I look at each day and I write everything in the planner. Then I can see where I have to allocate my time during the week. Some weeks it's more work. Some weeks it's more about the kids because we have all this baseball going on right now. But sitting down and doing that on Sunday allows me to see what I have uh, coming up during the week. And it makes my weeks a lot less stressful. If you don't do that, there's just so much more stress than there has to be. But not only do I sit down on Sunday and look at my whole week, but every morning before I start my work day, I will look at that specific day in the planner and I highlight personal and work time. So it, it has time blocks of one hour. So those blocks of time that are going to be personal, I highlight them in yellow. And then my work time, I highlight in pink. And each morning I sit down and I say, okay, how many hours do I have to work today? So today is, I think, around seven. I did it this morning. Seven hours to get everything in today, which should be plenty of time. But if I didn't do that, the days would be a lot more chaotic and a lot less organized. Right? Right. Totally. I mean, I think that the other favorite phrase that we have is that you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And it's so true in so many aspects of your life. And when it comes to business in particular, you need to set aside that time to plan. So many people say like, oh, I'll just deal with it when it gets to me, or I will just deal with that problem when we get there. But there can be so much of that guesswork and so much of that emergency crisis mode that can be avoided when you just map out what you have coming up or even the best thing that I do when I feel really overwhelmed and I feel like I'm losing that sense of control in my management of all the things that I have to do, I do a brain dump and I take out a pad of paper and I write down everything that is occupying my mind. You know, for me, for business, that's things that I have to do for my clients, things that I have to do for the administrative side of things, things that I need to do in, you know, my networking and business development. And I literally write it all down. And I try not to get overwhelmed 
as I'm writing things. And I certainly don't stop to start doing some of those things. I wait until the list is completely filled up, which could be like a page and a half, two pages. Right. And, but at a minimum, then I can say, okay, now everything is on a piece of paper. Now, where does it go? Where on that list of priority and where do I need to fit it into my physical schedule? Um, do each of these action items have to go? Amy and I talked to so many people about their struggles with time management, and it is a really big struggle for so many people, but it doesn't have to be. In episode 25, How to Survive the End of the Year with Your Sanity Intact, Amy and I are sharing with you our top three tips for surviving the end of the year with your sanity intact. These three tips are very tangible and achievable for the last two months of 2021. Take a listen to this clip here. We wanted to give you really, really tangible tips to kind of propel you and get you to a point where you are not scrambling and you are actually setting yourself up for success for 2022, which is right around the corner. I can't believe it. I cannot believe that 2021 is almost over. It feels like 2020 just ended. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this year went by so fast. And this time of year can be so stressful for people, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's important to talk about, you know, what you can do to alleviate some of the end of the year stress that everybody feels, whether you're a business owner, working mom, whoever, like, you know, you can feel the end of the year stress. It's so funny. I actually just heard this the other day. Dave Ramsey on one of his podcasts said, of course. Guys, yeah, I know, you know, I listen to it all the time. He goes, guys, Christmas is the same day every single year. Do not like try to fool me in saying that it just snuck up on you, right? And you can't plan for it and you can't budget for it. Okay, different topic, different day. But it's funny because that's the excuse that a lot of people give when it comes to time management is like, oh, I didn't know that that was coming up or, oh my gosh, where did these, you know, three weeks go and now the deadline's here. I'm sure that if it's not an emergency that has just like randomly popped up in your calendar, you had some lead time to be able to put it down, whether it's on a piece of notebook paper or it's in a fancy planner, whatever you have available to you, writing it down and saying, okay, if this is due in three weeks, when am I going to be able to accomplish it over the next three weeks? How can I reverse engineer that? So I want you to talk about that because I, I know that you have a little bit of a a scoop on some, you know, information in this regard. Well, I think I'm going to skip ahead to something we were going to talk about at the end, but we're going to have to flip-flop because I think this leads perfectly into something we were talking about before we started recording today is what are your real deadlines? Mm -hmm. What are they? So you can't reverse engineer anything if you don't know what your actual deadlines are. So for us, a real deadline would be, you know, papers that have to be filed in court, something that a deadline that the court has set for us to do a certain thing, or we have a real estate closing that has to uh, scheduled and has to close on a certain day and you have to get certain things done by that. Those are deadlines. Okay. I think you'll find that most things are not an emergency. So you have to, and I do this weekly and I of course got it from Brendan Richard, like what are your weekly, what has to be done this week? So you look, okay, what do I have to get done by Friday? What deadlines do I have this week? You put those down first and then you work backwards. Okay, when am I going to actually work on these things? And as I do them, I check them off. I literally, like, and you don't need a fancy planner. I went through this with my son this morning. I was telling Amy, 
Matthew said, he's my oldest. And I had told him a little while ago that I was going to buy him a planner so he could keep track of all his stuff. And I didn't end up buying for him. And we were talking this morning and he said, yeah, but you didn't buy me a planner. I'm like, you don't need a planner. Get a notebook. <laughs> you just need a notebook. Write down. I have a blank pad on my desk. I use my time blocking tracker, but I have a blank pad on my desk. And every day I write down my list of what has to get done that day. I had so many calls yesterday and so many things to do yesterday. I did a brain dump, a list on this paper, right? But then I started numbering things like on the right side of the page, like one, two, three, like what had to get done first, second, third, because I needed that visual to see. And yeah. so you don't need like some fancy planner, take out a sheet of paper or yeah. get a notebook and look ahead to Friday. What are my actual real deadlines this week? And I think that if you do that and work backwards, it'll create a lot less stress for you. Wow, what a year it's been. We want to take a minute to thank you so much for listening to not just the episodes we featured here, but for listening to all of our episodes and for all of your support. We hope you have a happy new year and we can't wait to see you back here next week in 2022. Thanks so much for listening to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. If you have not already done so, be sure to leave us a rating and review so that we can reach even more businesswomen just like you. We will see you again next Monday for a brand new episode.